So Money Episode 477, Dr. Shafali, New York Times bestselling author and parenting expert. You're listening to So Money with award-winning money guru, Farnoosh Torabi. Each day, get a 30-minute dose of financial inspiration from the world's top business minds, authors, influencers, and from Farnoosh herself. Looking for ways to save on gas or double your double coupons? Sorry, you're in the wrong place. Seeking profound ways to live a richer, happier life? Welcome to So Money. Welcome to So Money, everyone. Thanks for joining. I'm your host, Farnoosh Tarabi. Do you ever watch Super Soul Sunday on the Oprah Winfrey Network? Hmm? It's one of the things I miss since cutting cable, but I think I can still get some of it online, thankfully. Our guest today is a super solar. She's Oprah's go-to parenting expert for years and is a household name in our home since Tim and I became parents. Dr. Shafali Sabari, or just Dr. Shafali for short, is gracing our show today. So excited. She's an acclaimed author, international speaker, clinical psychologist. Her award-winning book, The Conscious Parent, has become my parent parenting Bible and so many parents go to guide. Oprah calls it one of the most profound books on parenting. Most recently, Dr. Shafali came out with a new book. It's called The Awakened Family, A Revolution in Parenting. And in it, she gives parents the daily skills and tools to help raise kids without fear and anxiety so you can truly cultivate relationships with them. And so in our interview, we discuss how to raise money-conscious children who grow up to a appreciate the value of money, her own battles and successes with money, and why becoming a conscious parent, she says, is not so much an absolute goal or an end game, but a work in progress, even for her. And by the way, she's coming to New York. Dr. Shafali is hosting a New York City summit called Evolve. It is a three-day workshop where she and her team of experts will expose you to a way of living and parenting that you have never been before. I'm going to try to make it myself. And she's generously offering you guys, all of us, a $50 discount if you use the code 50OFF, one word, 50OFF. For tickets, go to drshafali.com forward slash evolve dash NYC. We'll have this on the blog at somanypodcast.com. Here is Dr. Shafali. Dr. Shafali, welcome to So Money. I am girl crushing right now. You have no idea. Oh, I'm so happy to be with you. I have to say, I've known about, you've not known about me. I've known about you for some time. I became a parent in 2014 and my nanny of all people, gotta love her. She came to my house the first week to help me out with the baby and brought your book. And this was uh, The Conscious Parent. And she said, this is incredible. I know. What a great gift, right? Yes, I, I knew yes. we were going to make a good team uh, when she presented me with your book. And so since then, you uh, that book was really the game changer for you, right? It really put your work out there in a big way. It really did. And and of course, at first it started uh, in a very grassroots, organic way. And then Oprah picked it up and understood its value and that it was talking about something pretty revolutionary in terms of the parenting paradigm and shifting it. And, and since then, it's really gone out into the world. This movement of conscious parenting has become quite mobilized and has pulled together so many mothers and fathers into a new way of raising their children, a liberating and invigorating and empowering way of, of raising their children. And now, you know, my third book just came out, uh, The Awakened Family, A Revolution in 
in parenting, which really even goes deeper than the conscious parent and ties in all my expertise for the past 15 years of doing this work as a psychologist. So The Awakened Family, I I haven't read it yet, but from what I understand, it really encourages parents to not think of gender as gender or dividing, more that it's androgynous and to, especially I think these days it's very relevant, to to educate and and nurture your children um, free of gender confinement. What does that actually look like and in its in its execution, what is that really like on a day-to-day basis? That's a great question. You know, the book, The Awakened Family, not only seeks to dissolve the duality of gender, but really seeks to dissolve all dualities within the human being, within the parent, you know, things like our children should do and then they should be, or or our children need to be successful and then they'll be happy. Or, uh, you know, we need to be thinking about the future and then we can live in the present. And similarly, is my child a boy or a girl? And what does that mean? And how should they express themselves based on gender? So all of this gets dissolved in this book and becomes a unified whole within the parent. And what that means in specific for gender is that we no longer even have the color of gender as, um, as, you know, dictating our viewpoint. We simply look at the child as a spirit and the spirit can be expressed uh, through uh, masculinity or femininity or both. And we want really the child to develop both qualities of masculinity and femininity toward that holistic development of their soul. So uh, some children, girls can be born with a heavy, uh, you know, weight of masculinity, and then they need to develop the feminine qualities of dependency, of fragility, of vulnerability, or they may be born with a heavier weight on feminine qualities and need to develop the masculine qualities of assertion and boundaries and uh, linearity. So, you know, and this could be the similar, similar for boys. We want as parents to not think of a girl as a girl who should express girlish qualities, but instead as a spirit that needs to move toward wholeness. And and in that development, both qualities are essential, the masculine and the feminine. Do you find that your your clients and the parents that you meet are really, really struggling with this? Uh, this specifically, like I have a daughter, or I have a son, and they're presenting some behaviors that are perhaps not gender traditional, you know, Um, I think it can be really a struggle, especially because if you're at home and you're, you're, you're reading The Awakened Family and you're with Dr. Shafel and you agree with you, there's, there's an agreement there. They go to school, they go to, they go to church, they go to the, the mall and it's a very different reception. You know, gender is everywhere. Division is everywhere. Um, Absolutely. How do you you reconcile? How do you reconcile that? Well, you know, really, you're you're speaking to a bigger challenge that I have and conscious parents have, because what I'm proposing is really against the norm. It's really against the grain of mainstream culture. And I talk about that in my book that, you know, in many ways, sadly, tragically, the conscious way, the awakened way, the aware, the attuned, the way where love rules, you know, and I don't just mean love in a cliched way, but truly a an embrace of spirit rules our way of being is against the grain. I mean, that's a tragedy, a, a travesty of our generation that, that I have to even say this, but 
but everything conscious will be seen as a challenge and will be defied by mainstream culture. And that is the courageous mandate of an awakened family to take on that challenge and to say, you know, I understand that culture, mainstream culture at least, wants to look at gender in this way, wants to look at success in this way, wants to look at happiness in this way, but I have understood a deeper and different truth and I'm going to expose my child to that truth. Now, will that mean they they be absolved of resistance from the outside? Absolutely not. I mean, I face resistance on a daily basis and I've had to learn to, you know, uh, combat that with simply the authentic uh, expression of my truth. And if we teach our children that that is the most central uh, obligation they have to themselves and to the world is to be in deep, authentic service to their truth in the most compassionate, loving way possible. And of course, just by allowing them that, they will be loving individuals because they don't have to fight and they're not shamed by their families for who it is they are. Then they will develop that resolution from within that will help them to take it out into the external world. The external world is going to be the external world and we can only change it by living our truth, you know, and embodying our truth and being that luminary for others to then say, oh, look, I don't have to live with these chains and confines of these dualities anymore. I can also dare to step out. And slowly and surely, each person waking up will be uh, the creation of that ripple effect that will eventually take over the world. And not every you know, not to the last 1% will be changed, but there will always be a balance of dark and light in the world, I believe, but there will be a strong light out in the world. And that's what we need to hope for. It's not easy. Mainstream culture is riddled and ruled by fear and consciousness is ruled by the oneness of spirit. And they, they are at odds with each other, but that's okay. We just need to rise stronger. How much from your personal life do you pull to teach parents and, and not maybe just your life as a parent, but even as a child, do you feel like that you had a pretty happy childhood that, that your parents exhibited and displayed a lot of these philosophies that you're now teaching? Maybe they didn't know what that there wasn't a, a framework for it, but they were practicing it. Yes, they did. And they didn't do it maybe consciously. And then I grew up and then I began doing it in an intentional, conscious way. You know, I, I embarked on the study of mindfulness in a, in a formal way and committed to it uh, when I was in my early 20s. So I draw everything from my personal life and I try to, as best I can, live to the word uh, you know, the word is a high word. It's a high standard. Um, so I can't always live to it. And then recognizing the discrepancies of my way of life to the written word is, is another way of growing, really. It's okay to be discrepant. You know, my friends will tease me. Oh, you know, my husband will tease me. Oh, where's the conscious parent? Or I don't see any awakened family <laughs> here. And, and I, and I say that that is the aspiration. That is the, the highest, you know, standard. And now we have to aspire to that. But the, in the discrepancy in noticing where we are not that 
is where the growth lies, right? If I'm already the written word, I have nothing to grow from and nothing right. to teach really. And then I, I won't be a human being that people can touch and, and learn from and, and want to emulate. Then I'm going to be too high up on some pedestal, which is not a good place to be ever. So, you know, being human, being at odds with the standard that even I write about is totally fine with me. And, um, and, and that's what I talk about a lot are my failings, are my missteps, are my, my mistakes so that everyone understands that this is a path of growth, not perfection. I love that. Well, as you may know, on this show, we talk about how to become financially savvy, live healthier financial lives. We have a lot of parents who listen. I'm a parent. And so I'm curious in your practice, how often does the issue of money come up in the sense that parents don't want to raise entitled children? They want to raise children who can delay gratification, value money. How do you coach parents to be able to to raise kids that are financially conscious? You know, I look at financial consciousness uh, first in terms of worth. You know, it's, it's as, it's as much an energy for me, money as love is, as, uh, as, as the way we create a disciplined and boundary life is. It's, it's the energy of life. And many times people are afraid of money uh, and look at it as a quote unquote evil thing, right? Our children are getting entitled. Our children are, are getting greedy. And I tell people that it's not because money itself is evil. It's because you haven't created boundaries around the use of money, just like you haven't created good boundaries around your love for your children. You know, so money is an energy and we have to know how to harness it just like we harness the energy of our love for others or for ourselves and how boundaried we are in that display of love. You know, we may love food and that's a great love to have, but how do we display a boundary around it is key. Similarly, money is also an energy and we need to have boundaries around it. And it's all connected, just like love for ourselves, love for food, love for each other, love for money is is uh, can only be effective in our lives if there are clear boundaries. It's all related to our sense of worth. You know, so money is not something that, you know, is only out there for the lucky and for the privileged and for those who, you know, have a way to, to deal with numbers. It's really connected to your sense of worth. And are you able to attract it in your life and create boundaries with it? So we want to teach our children that money is abundant. It's, it's an energy that's available to them at their fingertips, just like love is. However, there are boundaries to it. And, and we need to teach our children, you know, I believe even the most wealthy people need to teach their children that, yeah, it's available, but available in a sensible way, available with boundaries. So we need to teach our children that, you know, so uh, instead of telling my daughter all the time that we don't have money, I always tell her, for example, in my family, whether I have it or not is irrelevant to me because it's all energy. So I, I always have the energy of money with me and the energy of wealth. So I always tell her that that there's enough money for every single thing you desire. But the, the key is to know what we truly need and then wait for what you need and create a plan for it in the future. But it is always a yes. You know, I, I always want to create a sense of abundance. It's always a yes, 
it may just not be a yes right now. So let's make a plan for it. Let's, if you really want that ridiculously expensive piece of machinery, you can have it. I don't agree with it. You can have it, but then this is the plan you need to make to, to get it in three years. And if you really want it, you'll get it. I just can't spend it right now, but it's always available. So, so spreading abundance is key for our children so that they don't grow up thirsty for money. You know, we are a money thirsty culture because we believe it's only with the haves and the have, you know, and that there's a sharp distinction between the have nots. Now, I'm not saying that poverty doesn't exist. I'm not saying that inequality doesn't exist, but I do believe that much of our fear around money uh, comes from this state of scarcity that parents create in their children and actually then make them more thirsty for it rather than Uh, making them feel like I have enough and be grateful for what I do have. Need a website? Why not do it yourself with Wix.com? No matter what business you're in, Wix.com has something for you. Used by more than 84 million people worldwide, Wix.com makes it easy to get your website live today. You need to get the word out about your business. It all starts with a stunning website with hundreds of designer-made, customizable templates to choose from. The drag-and-drop editor. There's no coding needed. You don't need to be a programmer or designer to create something beautiful. You can do it yourself with Wix.com. Wix.com empowers business owners to create their own professional websites every day. When you're running your own business, you're bound to be busy. Too busy. Too busy worrying about your budget. Too busy scheduling appointments. Too busy busy to build a website for your business. And because you're too busy, it has to be easy. And that's where Wix.com comes in. With Wix.com, it's easy and free. Go to Wix.com to create your website today. The result is stunning. Do you think that that is an Eastern or Western psychology at, at, at practice? Because I feel that I've interviewed parents from perhaps the Middle East and Asia, and they they seem to have a at least a, a, a broader acceptance of money. They're more open to talk about it. It's not taboo. Whereas here in the States, I feel like it's the opposite. So when you teach your ideals, ideas around money, do you find that it's coming mostly from Eastern or Western influences? Well, you know, I think uh, the understanding that money is a reality and should not be avoided. It should be explicitly talked about. The thirst for money should be explicitly understood, I think, comes from my exposure to the West, where I see that people are thirsty for money. Uh, But this doesn't mean that people in the East are not thirsty for money. But the Eastern philosophy that you're talking about does allow us or allow me to create a detachment to it by understanding that it's available uh, if we create the inner energy to attract it and to create the space for it to be in our lives. So I think it's always an amalgam of East and West. Uh, but you're right. I think uh, having a different perspective than what we see here in the West, that it is something to strive for. You have to work hard for it. Uh, it is not something that comes easy. There's competition around it. Uh, there's this en- envy around it. Uh, these things actually obstruct our ability to get money, whereas an Eastern perspective of a certain detachment and an understanding that it all comes from the inner space of attracting it, of creating that inner energy of alignment, that helps us to then ease into it and be grateful for what we have and then work on creating wealth from that inner place of abundance. 
Would you be willing to share, Dr. Shafali, a financial failure of yours? And then we'll talk about success. But I like to have all, all my guests sort of go to these places and share a little bit about the, the hard lessons learned about money. And then I'd like to know your so money moment. <laughs> sure. Um, I think they're both connected. I think I made, you know, I spent an entire generation uh, of my life, a whole decade of my life making money mistakes. And they were huge failures. Uh, I, I misquoted my worth. I uh, did not ask for what I was wor- worthy of for, you know, my services, uh, what they were worth for. Um, I, I completely misstepped all through my 20s only because I was terrified again of my worth. I was terrified of asking for my worth, terrified that I could ask for it. And I undercut myself so severely that I lost huge opportunities to, to attract wealth and to leverage myself in a, and position myself in the right way. So I spent, I think, last 10 years of my life completely in fear uh, of asking for what I was worth. I lost money, you know, and I, I didn't make right investments in myself because I just undervalued myself by, by you know, hundreds of dollars at a time. Uh, and again, I, I feel that the biggest so money moment for me came when I understood that fear was at the root of my relationship with money. It wasn't the unavailability of money. It wasn't that people didn't want to give me money. It wasn't that I wasn't savvy enough for it. It was because I was terrified of money and what it meant. I felt that I was too entitled if I if I asked for money. I felt that I wasn't a quote-unquote good girl. I felt I wasn't a quote-unquote good healer and healers shouldn't ask for money. I had all these you know, misconstrued ideas about the marriage between myself and money. And it was only when I deconstructed those and understood that it was fear that was governing me, not authentic worth that I had a so money moment. And since then, I can tell you, I've turned my relationship with money around and I've been attracting wealth easily, seamlessly. Um, I don't any longer have anxiety around asking for my worth in terms of monetary compensation. Uh, and, you know, life has opened up. Money money is available, as I've always intuitively known, but I was so terrified of manifesting. So what was the aha moment? Did a friend say something to you? Did you see what the maybe your your colleagues were earning? Like what, what made you realize, oh my gosh, I'm, I'm not earning what I'm worth? Well, I would notice my inner commentary. You know, I would see other women in my position, you know, charging four times that I was. And I would be like, and I would be envious. I'd be like, darn it, how does she do it? And then I would judge them because I couldn't do it. I would put a negative on them such as, oh, they're so greedy. or I would never. Or, but inside just, you know, dying to do the same and envying them and then resenting my clients. So it was all so unhealthy. And then my husband, who's so much more clear about, you know, and of course the masculine energy is always clearer about about things like money. They have a better relationship with things like that. He would always tell me, you know, don't envy them. Don't judge them. You want to be like them. You're just terrified of, of, of doing it because you don't believe you are worthy. You don't believe you're worth it. And I would, re- you know, resent him then for exposing me to my truth and making me look in the mirror. And I would be like, I am worthy. And he would be like, huh? You know you're not because you're so scared of, of, of putting a number on it. For you, those are two 
separate things. You need to make them one thing, that it's oneness. It's not a duality, you know, and he taught me how to dare to ask. And I remember I would be so terrified when I first raised my price by $25. I would, I would be so scared. And then when my client would say, of course, I'd be like, oh my God, I wasted six months for $25. I was so scared. But I believe so many women are in my position or were, are in the position I was. And especially women who, who are teachers, women who are healers, women who are coaches. We have a hard time because we believe that we are here to help the world and rescue the broken. So how can we put a price on it? And it's only when we understand that we have a right to raising our families, we have a right to asking for, you know, money to compensate for our services that we will break out of this, this web that this, this spell that I was in for my entire decade of my 20s. Well, I always say when women make more, the world becomes a better place. Women need to make more money. Um, Absolutely. And we teach our children to have a healthy, uh, you know, relationship with it. There's nothing to be afraid of. It is our right, just like love is. And and that's why I talk about money and love in the same breath, because it to me, they are synonymous now. And you have an event this fall. Tell us about Evolve 2016. Oh, my goodness. Thank you so much for bringing it up. Yes, I have a fabulous summit that I've put together that collectively brings together conscious parenting into one room, one umbrella, one togetherness. So I call it Evolve, the Conscious Way Summit. We are having our next summit in New York City, October 21st to 23rd at the fabulous Broad Street Ballroom, downtown financial district, fabulous space where I'm hoping to bring together this collective energy and deconstruct, do a deep dive into conscious parenting. Parents will learn from me hands-on techniques and tools and really be inspired to shift their families forever, I believe. I mean, these conferences, these summits have had a lifelong impact on people. And I'm so excited that it's going to be in New York City this year. So I hope you'll come too, Farnoosh. I think I'm actually going to be next door. My office is on Broad Street. (laughs) Oh, that's so great. So I I think I have to be there. Okay. Dr. Shafali, thank you so much for joining us. We wish you the best. And I didn't even get to ask you about Oprah, but maybe if you have a couple minutes, uh, how did that phone call happen? What, what was, how did that day, do you remember that day when you got the Oprah was it a phone oh, I, I remember, I remember every moment. <laughs> yes, every moment. Because it was an intentional uh, asking uh, that I did of the universe. And it was a very intentional manifestation. I have... I had been asking for Oprah uh, to come into my life ever since I wrote The Conscious Parent and even before, because I knew that only she could take this message into the world. And people would scoff at me and laugh at me and say, huh, you know, she's not even a parent. Why would she be interested? And I said, oh, she is a parent, just not in the traditional way. She is in many ways the parent of our humanity of these times. She is the uber mother, I do believe. She's the carrier of wisdom and the 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 forerunner for our generation. She's a forerunner of wisdom, of transformation, of growth. She's Mother Earth incarnate. So I just focus my energies on Oprah, Oprah, Oprah. People would ask me, how can I help you? I said, you can't help me unless you can get me one step closer to Oprah. So put your energy, get me closer to Oprah. And 
just by putting that out there and working very hard in daily service to my own message, you know, I just didn't sit passively waiting for Oprah to, to show up. I knew that I need to, needed to calibrate my message so that I could truly attract her in my life so that our vibrations would just collide because we were at the same energetic manifestation. So I worked on that. You know, I, I was in daily service of my own growth, um, my own vibrational energy, my own message. I would put it out there every single day. Um, and it grew to such a level that inevitably I met someone who said, hey, I know someone who was a producer at Oprah. And then the producer just happened to have had a baby seven months before she called me. And so she called me and I was in the, uh, you know, in, in, in an office building, I ran to the stairwell and I was literally screaming into the phone, uh, you know, <laughs> hoping that she would understand that this was the most important five minutes of my life. And uh, she took the phone call. She said, mm-hmm, very interesting. That's so enlightening. Wow. And she was very polite. And, and when I put the phone down, I said, darn it, I blew it. I'm never going to hear back from her. But within, I think it was just 10 days or seven days, excruciating seven days that I received a follow-up and they invited me right away um, to Super Soul Sunday. And that was two years ago. And actually next week on Sunday, is the next super soul that I'm coming on for my new book, The Awakened Family. The first one two years ago was on The Conscious Parent. And actually, if you tune in, or if you've already missed it, if this is airing later than August 7th, you can still uh, catch it on Super Soul, uh, uh, Super Soul Sunday. So yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a big story. It's a big uh, momentous path for me to have collided with Oprah's uh, path. And she's, she's really taken this message forward and I couldn't be more grateful to her. Wow. I have been, I, my grin is from ear to ear. My smile, are you telling me that story? I just got goosebumps. So deserved. Dr. Shafali, thank you so much. And of course, if we can't watch Super Soul on live when it's airing, I think she airs them on her website as well. So we can definitely find you that way. And uh, I encourage everybody to to do that. Thank you so much and wishing you thank continued you success. Thank you. Thanks so much to Dr. Shafali for joining our show. Her website is drshafali.com. She's also on Twitter at Dr. Shafali. And by the way, if you want to go to Evolve, which is her New York City summit, it's this month, a three-day workshop. She and her team of experts will walk you through so many parenting tips that you've never quite heard before, but uh, could change your relationship with your children. I'm going to try to make it. She's offering our listeners a $50 discount if you use the code 50 off one word 50 off go to drshafali.com forward slash evolve dash nyc for tickets thanks for tuning in and i hope your day is so money